0: Hey, welcome to Oasis Singles. My name's Pastor Dave, and I'm so excited you're here. By the way, this site is not just about Christian dating service reviews and so forth, but it's also about life advice, all things Christian single. We have articles, we have interactive ways that you can get in touch with each other, and we also have podcasts that are all about the Christian life. I hope you enjoy our site, and I hope you enjoy the podcast you're about to listen to right now. God bless how the past affects us it's just it's absolutely amazing last week we actually were talking about worry and how worry is actually worrying about the future and in our glee series part three we're talking about how the past can actually affect us in negative ways regret uh, there's there's guilt there's shame and so forth and it's funny, it can come up in any the strangest ways and even the silliest types of things can bring back a memory. Like last Wednesday, I was at the Olive Garden in Piscataway, and I'm enjoying the garlic sticks, the, the salad. I love that stuff. And I'm just munching it down and so forth. And this one dude comes up. He's our waiter. His name is Dan. My sister told me, yeah, he's a great guy. He's from Rutgers. He has a full scholarship. And I figured he's into sports and so forth. So I said, gee, you know, I'm a Raider fan. And He goes, you're a Raider fan, huh? Well, I'm from Boston, and I'm a Patriot fan. And <laughs> and the thing is, back in 2001, there was this game, and the Raiders lost this game to the Patriots. It was called the Tuck game. I don't know if some of you guys may, who are football fans remember that. And believe it or not, I was depressed for four weeks straight. In the middle of the night, I kept going, "Oh man, if only they didn't just fumble that. If only that 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 there. Oh, there it is right there. If only." the official would have ruled in our favor, we would have gone to the Super Bowl. And I still have these, these, these regrets about that game. I still have thinking about it from the past. And I know that sounds a little silly, right, thinking about a, a football game. But think about it in our own lives. We all have things that more serious things we regret. Um, and I, I'm still not over that game, by the way. Some of you guys who are sports fans understand that you just don't get over things like this. It kind of goes on and on and on. And I'm still, that's 10 years ago. Get over it, right? Get over it. The wouldas, couldas, shouldas of our lives. And today though, on a serious note, maybe it's for us, it might be, maybe a relationship that we didn't want to end, that ended. Maybe we lost a loved one uh, that a family member to cancer or something like that, that it's a difficult thing to get over. And we still go back to the past. Myself, I feel guilty for a number of things in my life. I feel guilty that I didn't spend enough time with my dad, who, who was very sick. And because I was trying to break away from an abusive home life with a mother that was very controlling and always telling me one thing after another like this, like, you know, I wish I never had you. I don't know why I had you. You're, you're never going to be anything. You're going to be a nobody, and I, I, I follow that follows me around wherever I go, wherever I go in life. I still have that past to deal with, so I tried to break away from my home, and I didn't spend those precious hours I could have spent with my dad during that time. That's some of the things I regret, and I'm just I'm not here to make that today. Powering news today. We have the news that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, and we're going to talk about how you can deal with your past today. But it could be anything in your life right now. It could be that job you almost had but quite didn't get. It could be anything you could imagine. And I want to read some things to you because I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Oasis actually started as an online relationship site where we get actually 100,000 visitors a month on this site. And here's some things that some people wrote in. Recently, and this guy writes this. My beautiful wife of 13 years died in my arms three years ago due to cancer. I was with her every step away, and she died in my arms. And this guy goes on to say that he still sets the plates for her every night. Her room is still the same. He keeps all of her jewelry, all of her clothing in the same place. He says, I just can't get over her that's sad that's you know the past dealing with your past whatever it could be here's another one i thank god for the opportunity to read the posts made on this website i'm struggling with sexual sin and i'm glad to see a lot of other people are struggling with it too <laughs> she writes down i too was exposed to sexual immorality at a very young age i was abused as a young child my father and his relatives And it continued into my adulthood. And now I have two children. And recently my nine-year-old daughter was discovered visiting porn sites. It broke my heart and has left me spiritually depleted to know that the sins I have committed and continue to commit have reached into my daughter's life. That shame, that guilt that she's walking around with from past things that occurred many, many years ago. And it's amazing how our past can affect who we are today. But We're going to get into that in a second. One last thing. This woman says, I dated this guy for almost two years. And by the way, in about two weeks, we're starting a new series, a relationship series. And for married, single, whatever, it's going to be a wonderful series right from God's word. And she says this, I dated this guy for almost two years. Everything was perfect throughout. We even prayed together and went to church. Ooh, going to church can really do good things for you, right, guys? Not all the time, right? You can laugh at that, okay? (laughs) However, we knew we were still struggling with premarital sex and tried to abstain from it. Well, it wasn't too long before I became pregnant. She goes on to state that this spring I did, this past spring I did the most unthinkable thing you could ever imagine. I aborted my child. She says, I'm still struggling trying to forgive myself And was hoping that this guy would comfort me. But he just left me for someone else right after he found out I was pregnant. And here I am trying to live with what I did. I feel like a monster. These are real life stories, guys. You could pray for these people. And you know what? We all have a story, don't we? And we're going to study God's word today. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 45. And you know, it's amazing. God's word is absolutely amazing. Because it is so relative to our everyday life. Don't you, you know, a lot of people say, oh, the Bible's this, the Bible. They have never read the Bible. The Bible is so relevant to what we're going through today. God is here today. We're going to be, we're going to share the story of Joseph today. And basically, Joseph is is a guy who, um, I'll give a little background on this real fast, okay? Because I believe in this little chapter right here in 45, we can get three keys to dealing with the past. To facing the past in ways with victory and overcoming. But as you think about that, I want to ask you one question. I'm holding up here a rock, okay? And this rock signifies your past. What does your past weigh right now? How does it weigh in your present life right now? How is it affecting you as a person right now? Is it positive or negative? I want you to think about that. Why hold this sucker? It's about, about seven pounds. But basically, joseph and you have again you have your notes in your in your bulletin right there we have given you pens that bible is yours you can follow along and basically the story of joseph is this talk about dysfunction talk about past stuff jerry springer has nothing on this guy all right and i should know i worked in family court for 26 years and i've seen everything and here's a family who you have sibling rivalry, you have uh, favoritism, the one father uh, is favoring the sons of one son over the other. If you grew up in a home like that, you know what I'm talking about, and so forth. And it's a very difficult time. Joseph was bragging that he's the best and has like, he's going to be this great person somewhere. And his brothers, these are his own flesh and blood, they decide, let's kill him. And then, at the goodness of his heart, quote-unquote, this one, brother says no let's not kill him let's make him a slave let's sell him we can at least get money for him (laughs) so they throw him in a pit and they sell him to egypt and he ends up in potiphar's household potiphar was some egyptian dude wealthy dude in egypt while he's in the house his wife potiphar's wife tries to jump the bones of joseph joseph says, forget about it i'm not going there she lies about him being trying to rape her. He ends up in prison for numerous years. He meets two dudes, a cupbearer and a baker. And when they get out, they promise Joseph, don't worry, Joseph, we're going to take care of you. When we get out of here, we are going to tell Pharaoh all about your situation. We'll keep, we have you covered. They all forgot about him. Until, you know, the baker ended up getting killed. But the cupbearer, two years later, two years later that... There was, a, there was a, a, a. Pharaoh had a dream, and he goes, "Who huh, who can interpret this dream?" And then the cupbearer finally remembered. Oh yeah, there's this guy Joseph who's rotting away in prison. Oops, I forgot about him, rotting away in prison. Maybe he can give the interpretation. Short story is that he gave the interpretation, and Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all Egypt. And now here's this guy who's been through all this years of of like all this hardship and so forth, and now he's in charge of egypt and now the scene is set because picking up now in chapter 45 we have his brothers all of a sudden his brothers are coming to egypt because there's a famine in the land and are coming for help and that's where the story picks up you can change that slide and uh basically there's 15 verses in here and there's keys to dealing with your past all found in here and the first is this the first is the first key is to dealing with your past is face your past Hmm? now we can read through these verses my my voice is going on me can somebody could you could you back up a little bit i want to read that together can you guys read that with me and help me out because my voice is like giving out on me go on you can read it together ready wait wait one two okay Next slide. I my still but terrified at his brothers, When they so, said, I your brother the one I know, I'm making you go on through this, right? <laughs> I'll do the last slide. Is that deal? Three for one. You guys do three, I do one. It says, he made me father unto um, the uh, next one after that. He says, then he threw, this is Joseph now, after he, he reignited with his uh, brothers. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept and Benjamin embraced him weeping and he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Afterwards, his brothers talked to him. Facing your past is probably the first thing you need to do if you're going to really deal with your past successfully. Many of us have a past, and we don't want to face the past. We deny it. We, Like myself, I, I denied for years that I was, grew up in an emotionally screwed up home. I denied that. And my friend sat me down and said, you know, you have issues. And I said, what are you talking about? I, issues? I don't have any issues. He goes, yes, you do. You have an issue, and you can't deal with it, and we're here to help you. And until you really understand there 's two things about the past. one, you have to accept the past. you have to realize that whatever you went through is not it's, it happened and it's, you can 't change it it 's there. You cannot change the past. Some of us are fixers. some of us want to keep going back, going back to the wound, trying to fix where we were back then. We try to either whether it 's fixing a relationship whether it 's fixing we all try to return home. We all try to return home to fix that problem. And you can't, once the past is past, you can't change the past. The good news is that Christ can change the future. That's the most amazing news that we have here. Accepting the past also means acknowledging maybe there were some things, acknowledging your pain, acknowledging your grief, acknowledging your shame, acknowledging in some instances your guilt, acknowledging that you maybe did things to hurt people. Or maybe somebody acknowledging that actually someone you loved actually did something to hurt you. And how does it make you feel? What feelings are going through your heart right now when you're thinking about these things? It's so important to come in touch. And this is not psychological mumbo-jumbo. This is life. This is reality. Because until you take that first step of facing your past, you're not going to be able to move on to the next step, which is healing. And being able to be in touch with who you are, why, why you're going through what you are right now is a result of everything that happened in the past so you have to come to the conclusion wherever you are in your life that this is why god god put me through this for my own self going through the experiences i did prepared me for what i am doing right now if i didn't go through those experiences back then if i didn't take those experiences i wouldn't be who i am right now i wouldn't be able to face my my future you're not going to be able to face your, your future or, or live in the present, right? It's just like it is. And it's here in verse 1, if you go to the next after this next slide, it says, Joseph, he had all this pent-up stuff inside of him because he wasn't really dealing with it properly. Dealing with the past, really, you know, when something happens to you, you may not feel the effects until years later. It's kind of like a nuclear blast, you know, those people, yeah, those, in, in Japan, if you're too far away from the blast and you went through it, you didn't feel the symptoms of it maybe until years later. And that's how it is with the past. And it's like having pressure, a pressure, I think of something, like shake a, a Coke. Who likes to shake a Coke can sometimes or a Coke bottle? And then like, you open it up and it, it like spews out. Contents under pressure. And when you're not dealing with your past, when you're not facing your past, it's kind, you're kind of like that. You're all bottled inside. And, and Joseph says, finally, after all this time, when he saw his brothers, it all came out. And it says he was so emotional. It says that he couldn't even control himself. And that the Pharaoh, pharaohs in his household, they heard him weeping. I mean, that word is like, it's like he's letting it all hang out. He's accepted. He's really facing his past right there. He's like letting it all out, saying, God, this is, it's hard, and it's a grievous time, but this is what he did. And and it's also, facing your past sometimes is going and talking to the people that maybe hurt you, or maybe if, you're, if they're not there, addressing them in another way. But he gets, it says here, he goes, Joseph made himself known to his brothers. He wept so loudly. And then you go on to the next slide, and basically joseph told them that i am your brother who you sold wow do you feel the rawness in this do you feel the emotion that he's going through right now you wonder what the brothers are thinking they it says that they were stunned into silence because they hurt joseph and they were, probably walk, they were probably walking around with that shame, with that guilt, all those years. In fact, we see it in the scriptures because one of the brothers says, man, we're getting what we deserve now. Some of you right now are walking around with a guilt that is so heavy that this, this rock here is this is, your, this is your guilt, this is your past. You're walking around with that in your life. This is like, you can just put this around your neck right now. It's so heavy. Maybe there's a shame in your life that something you did in the past that you just can't get over and you're just saying, I don't even know if I can continue. Maybe it's something, where someone harmed you. You know, it's a two-way street here. We have Joseph who was the victim and we have the brothers who still have to deal with their past. What are they going to do with all that shame and guilt and pain? And this this is that burden. How heavy, what does your past weigh? And so... Joseph let it all out and says, hey, he confronted his past. You are my brothers. I am your brother, and you sold me into slavery. And now they have to deal with it somehow. All of us have to deal with that until we're ready to deal with it and say, you know what? Yes, I committed this, this sin. Yes, I went through this shameful time. I wish I didn't. I have a friend of mine who gave me this story I would never have known. He says, you know what? Dave. He said, "I was homeless. I grew up in a poor home. My parent, my mother, was a stripper, and he says I had to sell my body on the streets of Miami just to live. Do you know what that, what, you know what that does to me? He's heterosexual. You know that. You know what that did to me in my life. You know what I. Had to, you know the shame I walk around with until I found Jesus. And he he made it, He made it all better." And we're going to talk about that. But a lot of us have issues in our lives, and that's an extreme issue. But I'm sure you can think of something in your past right now that you're saying, I need. I really need to face this. I really need to acknowledge it and address it and say, I can't change it, but I'm acknowledging the pain I'm going through. That's step number one. Step two is this, in facing your pain. Step two is... Expressing faith in God's sovereignty over your past. Expressing faith in God's sovereignty over your past. That means this. How in the world can a guy like Joseph, he went through, I mean, he was done dirty. Anybody hear that term, done dirty? (laughs) Some of us did others dirty, and some of us were done dirty. And some of us need to be forgiven right now in this room. Actually, all of us do, right, because there's no perfect people. And some of us just need to say, I'm sorry, or say, you're forgiven. But expressing faith in God's sovereignty is this. Joseph, he worked his way so well that he told, he told his brothers, listen, guys, you did this to me, but God was over everything going on during the time. God was over it. In fact, in this verse, that you're going to see that we're going to show up here, it says, it was actually not you who sent me into this pit. It was God himself who did that. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me. And God sent me ahead of you to preserve you to be a remnant. So the idea is this. If you could get this beautiful idea and really work through it, nothing in your life that occurs to you, nothing that occurs to you in the past, even something as, as shameful as being abused sexually by your own parent, even something where you went through, you you did something and you you feel like a monster, like that person who she feels like a monster because she aborted her child. It says here, God is sovereign. In Romans 8, 28, it says, and I know we know this scripture, some of us, and we gloss over it, but if you could really get a handle on it, if you could really... Understand what God is saying, that He works everything together for good to those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. If you can understand that, then nothing, come hell or high water, absolutely nothing, nothing that happens to you, God cannot use. In fact, God is in the business of taking broken lives, ruined lives, lives that the world will call you're worthless, and turning them into something beautiful. That's what God does. Amen. God can't, you know, you can't change your past, but God can change the future. And acknowledging God's sovereignty in your past by faith, what you're actually saying is you are saying to God, you're in charge. You're going to work it out for good. And you're going to integrate everything that happened in my past. Let me tell you a little secret. God doesn't waste your past. God doesn't waste your experiences. I want you to think about it. There's nothing, even that most horrible experience you could think of, there's nothing you could go through that God doesn't use. He uses everything. That means some of us have this thing, and I was like this, oh, Lord, I wasted all these years. Why was I doing this when I could have been doing this? You know, why was I screwing around over there when I could have been over here? I'm lost. My whole life is a waste. No, no. God is saying he's in charge. He's going to use what you did in the past and integrate all that with what you're doing in the present. Now, yes, I grew up in an abusive home, and I'm using me as an example. I want to make myself vulnerable to you. Here at Oasis, we have this little saying, we're an imperfect church for imperfect people seeking a perfect God. That's who we are. We're all imperfect. We want to let our vulnerability out. You know, because when you're vulnerable, when you're authentic, that's when God can work. You don't have to be embarrassed or ashamed here. That's when God can work, when you're authentic. And fact of the matter is, yes, I admit, I finally accepted the fact my past, faced my past that I grew up in an abusive home. And it made me crazy. I suffered panic attacks. Some of you know that. Anxiety would so, leave me so mobilized that I even had to back out, and some of you know this, but most of you don't, I even had to back out of my best friend's wedding. I was best man. On the day of the wedding, I called him up. I said, John, I can't make the wedding. He goes, what's the matter with you? He says, I said, I'm sick. I couldn't tell him I was sick. Like, you know, at that point, hey, in the 70s or 80s, you didn't just go to anyone and say you had panic attacks. You're a guy, right? We We grew up... Guys are supposed to be tough, you know, and I am tough. So I thought, and but I had to go to him and say, I can't do this. I couldn't tell back then it's because I'm, a, I'm having a panic attack. You know, I couldn't say that, but I was. I was immobilized. I thought I was crazy until I started dealing with my past, I couldn't face the present or the future. I want to encourage you today. That God is there with you every step of the way. And as I look back, as I look back on everything I went through, God integrated it in his sovereignty. He integrated all that. So now I'm bold enough to share with you, a grown guy, I'm bold enough to share with you guys, you know, macho guys, hey, I had anxiety attacks. I had panic attacks. I felt worthless inside. I didn't even want to face tomorrow. I didn't even think I was worth anything. All because of my past. But now, God is using me, a nobody, to help heal other people. Isn't that amazing what God does? Come on now. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing that God will use what you go through to help other people. And then he'll heal you in the process. Joseph had that wonderful attitude of saying, guys, don't worry about it. God was in charge. He knew exactly what he was doing even though I went through this horrible time, I'm trusting him. Because look now, now I can help you with this famine. Now I'm in a place of authority that God gave me to help you. Can you imagine how small these, these, these brothers are feeling now? Can you imagine what they're going through? right? Now? Oh my gosh. Now the guy we tried to kill or sell into slavery is over us. What is he going to do next? And he comes out but don't worry about it and that comes to our next point point. and i want to tell you that god's grace is amazing god's forgiveness is absolutely amazing and he says you know next thing you need to do is forgive your past but joseph is a figure of jesus christ the old testament god doesn't wait some people want to just read the new testament the old testament and the new testament are integrated When you read both, you get the full picture of God. And Joseph went through these things. He's what we call a Christ figure in the Old Testament. And God is showing us the heart of himself through Joseph. And Joseph was telling his brothers, listen, I forgive you. That's a hard thing to do, to forgive someone who hurt you, to forgive someone who wanted to kill you. Last time I checked, that's what Jesus did on the cross. When he was hanging and bleeding, which you caused by your sin. I caused by my sin. He was saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. What a beautiful picture of God's mercy and grace in your life. No matter where you've gone, no matter what you've done, he's like this for you today. Please, please, do not do not walk away from God's wonderful grace. What an amazing gift that is. The day I realized that was the day I felt clean for the first time in my life. It's an amazing thing. And Joseph, you can go on to the next verse. Joseph says, hey, guys, don't worry about it. Now, do not be distressed. Don't be angry. Look, he's saying to them, don't you be angry at yourselves for selling me here. Because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead. Forgiveness. Some of us in this room need have been hurt right now. We need to, it's a process. Forgiveness is the greatest healing balm in life. Forgiveness is what really gives you the power to move on, to bring that final, take that final nail out of the coffin, to take this rock that's been around your neck and say, I don't need that anymore. I'm not going to be controlled by that anymore. I want to live again. I want a new life. And in this instance, he's releasing his brothers from all that guilt, all that shame and pain that they're going through. Can you imagine how the brothers must have felt? Because you know what? No matter what people tell you, whether they're, they say they're an atheist or not, guess what? We all have a conscience, right? Amen? Amen? We have a conscience. And we walk around with that junk in our lives. And God says, you weren't meant to carry that. You don't have to carry that. You could be more of a person. You could be all that I want you to be. If you could just lay that down. And Joseph, in his Christ-like figure, was saying, hey, I forgive you. I release you from that. And later on, we see the brothers embracing one another. What an amazing thing that is that they actually ended up Weeping together and embracing together. And only after that did the brothers talk to them. Now listen, I'm not an idiot here, or maybe I am. But I know there's some of us who are in relationships with people that will never have the opportunity to forgive in person. Or maybe they may hate you still. They may want you dead still. Last time I checked, though, the brothers didn't even ask for forgiveness, did they? Joseph offered it voluntarily. Now we went through this before a number of months ago. Forgiveness does not mean forget in the sense that you mean. When you say, "Oh, I'll just forgive and forget," hello, who can do that? Only one person can do that. Jesus can do that. We can't forget. We have we, but we can leave, we can choose to leave behind the pain and the shame, and the anger and the bitterness that just. Rips us up inside. There are things right now that are just ripping some of you up inside. I just feel it inside right here. And Jesus is saying, lay it down. Lay it down. You don't have to do that. But the first forgiveness, if you're able to do that, is giving up your right to take revenge on the other person. It's saying, you know what? I'm moving on in my life. I'm not going there no more. Anymore. My wife corrects me on grammar all the time. <laughs> it means saying... I don't need this, and I'm choosing to lay down my weapon because that's what God has called me to do. Once you do that, once you do that, it's an amazing experience. I remember having my mom, uh, you know, I I had anger issues, to be honest with you. Don't get excited now, but there was a time where I wanted to hurt my mother physically. And I remember I had just become a Christian. Maybe my own sisters here, she doesn't even know this. I actually picked up a knife because of all the years of abuse. You can only handle so much sometimes. I'm not excusing it. I picked it up and I went toward her with it. And I just become a Christian. And I said, I said, Mom, I love you. And I, I dropped a knife and we hugged. And she's still crazy. <laughs> she still does things that we all want to like kill her for, quote unquote. But there was a healing that went on in my heart that day. There was a healing when I said, I forgive you. I didn't say it, but I, that's what I meant by it. And I hugged her. And I said, I don't want to live like this anymore. Jesus loves you. I love you. You know, that's forgiveness. And some of you right now, listen, some of you right now are walking around. You need to ask God to forgive you. You need forgiveness in your heart. You've been walking around too long like this. You know, you've been walking along too long. It's time to lay it down. It's time to say yes to Jesus. It's time to come home. You know, I go back to it, and people say, Why do you keep going back to that same story? It's the prodigal son. I go back to it because it's so real in my life, and it's so real in your life, the heart of God. The Heavenly Father, and I'm going to call Vince up because we're going to do the the communion. Vince, you come on up. The Heavenly Father, it says, was looking far off. His son had said, You know what? I don't want any part of you. His son said, I'm going away, and I'm going to spend my life on what I want to spend my life on. You can imagine what the father was going through, the pain the father was going through, wondering, you know, it was a couple years, it said, it went by. And the father, the son came to his senses. He faced his past and said, you know what? I'm going to go back to my father's house. I'm going to confess that I'm, I'm not worthy to be called your son. I'm not even worthy to be one of your slaves. He faced his past. He realized he couldn't change it, but he faced it. And he went back expecting, expecting maybe judgment of some sort. But all his father did was, my son is back. And they hugged, they embraced, they, 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 they were reconciled. And that's the kind of relationship that God is offering you right now. I want you to think about that burden. We're going to have communion service right now. And before we do it, we're going to pray. And I want you to think about that burden you've been carrying around. I want you to think about your past. I want you to think about those three steps. Facing your past. Expressing faith in God's sovereignty. What is, what is it in your life that you can't trust God with that happened in your past? What pain are you going through right now? What shame are you going through right now? What guilt because of what you did that you just can't get over? I want to pray for you. And then the last thing is forgiveness. You can forgive your, your, your perpetrator which is an amazing step, or, but you also can ask God for forgiveness. And some of you need to ask other people for forgiveness, but ultimately it's God, right? It's God. So let's pray right now. Dear Father, I thank you so much for what you've done in our lives. Lord Father, I pray first off, that you give us the strength, that you give us the ability, that you give us the power to face our past our past lord to, to face the emotions that come along with it to acknowledge that we can't change it but you can change the future that you are in charge and you're sovereign so you can turn our scars into stars lord we 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 give that to you lord and we also pray you would give us the strength to forgive others where we need to be where they need to be forgiven and lord i also want to pray now for those people and if there's anyone in this room right now that you know you're holding on to that, this, this past, and you want to say, I don't want to live like that anymore. And maybe you've never come to the point where you said, Jesus, please take over my past. Please forgive my past. Please give me a new life, a new start. If there's anyone right that says, I want a new beginning with Jesus, our eyes, please bow your heads, and your eyes are closed. I want you to raise your hand, because what I want you to do is, we want to give you literature to help you. And this is a holy moment. Is there anyone that just says, Jesus, I want a new life right now. Thank you very much, sir. Anyone else? Thank you very much. So just thank you very much. Thank you. That God, this is a, if you believe this and pray this prayer with me, in God, by God's word, it says, you are his child. And this is the prayer right here. You can repeat silently with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your boy, your only boy, Jesus, to die for me on that cross. I thank you that you, have taken all of my past, my sins, my shame, my guilt, all my pain you took on your body on that cross. And I thank you that you're making me a new person and that you're coming inside to live inside my heart through your Holy Spirit right now. I don't want to live in the past anymore. I don't want to carry this burden of a heavy rock in my heart anymore. I want a new life and a new beginning. Thank you, Father, for taking me as your child. I don't deserve it, but I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.